friends. Welcome back to our second straight episode of Group Therapy. This is Kirk Henderson. I'm editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. I apologize for the late start, even though it was a late game, later than I intended it to be. Had to do some writing after the game, which I had forgotten about. Uh, for those of you who are listening on the recording the next day, it's about 11.30 on Sunday night, and we all get to start the week with a loss to the Portland Trailblazers. They defeated the Dallas Mavericks by the exact same number of points as they did on Saturday night, but this time they scored even more. It was 140-123. to Luka Doncic missed this game due to pretty much injury management. Tim Hardaway missed the game due to an ankle sprain. The guys that we were told were maybe going to debut on the road trip, uh, Josh Green and Dorian Finney-Smith, still haven't suited up. Uh, and so Christian Wood played. Um, Christian Wood did play, which uh, kind of calls into question the entire Dallas Mavericks strategy for these two games, that if the, the decision was for um, Luka to sit one and for, for Wood to try to play the second one, why wouldn't they have caved last night? Uh, so instead they, they basically uh, split a pair of sevens and, you know, busted pretty embarrassing, but that's the Mavericks, uh, kind of MO at times, you know, uh, the basketball is not a linear progression with enough guys injured. They're always going to have an excuse as to what could be done better. And in that regard, it's, it was actually kind of an impressive fight for how many guys that were out. Uh, I told Josh in the recap show, one thing that I'm trying to take away that was like positive from this game. Uh, was Spencer Dinwiddie over the last three games remembering that he, yes, he can attack the rim. Uh, drew lots of fouls tonight, so that was really nice, and hopefully that's something we get moving forward. So why don't we come up here, speak your piece, and uh, let's go to bed. Uh, up first, I got my man Chris Haley. What's going on, Chris? Uh, Theo Pinson is pissing me off. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what the hell happened? It was one hundred six, one hundred three. Ah, uh, the yeah. the the Theo Pinson like really technical, stupid technical foul. Like, <laughs> I I tweeted. Do you do you remember? Um, there was this incredible bowler. I can't remember the guy's name, but like he had some like ridiculous celebration years and years ago where he says, "Who do you think you are? I am," and that's how <laughs> Theo Pinson lived. He's a guy who is just like, like, I, look, I got nothing against the guy, but that he's on the team when he was just like kind of a paid cheerleader. Like he was reckless and he didn't, he's not good. I don't like watching him. He's kind of like a, a, a poor man's Patrick Beverly top cheerleader on it, but he's going to be the future uh, leader of the Mavs maniacs in about 10 years. So just get rid of I just, that, uh, so. Yeah. And, and that was, things went not obviously not his fault, but it's just, yeah, the, the things loss went wasn't south right after cousin. that. Yeah, it was after that technical foul and just uh I mean, hats off to the Trailblazers. They were just hitting three after three. They shot forty three free throws. I mean, made thirty seven of them. So yeah, I mean, and and that sort of speaks to something Kid has mentioned on post games repeatedly. Like they just don't have the personnel to defend. And last night, Saturday night, they actually didn't foul that much. But tonight, it was just a parade. You, you just you can't do. And and until they figure something out, I'm really worried that the sort of like the thing on um, teams scouting report is just attack the rim. Do not settle for anything. Attack the rim relentlessly. Yeah, and this last two games, this is the third most 
most points the Mavs have ever given up in back-to-backs really? in franchise history. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah, I saw that on the graphic on Mavs Live, and I'm not surprised. I mean, we gave up 100, what, 40 tonight, what, 136 last time? Yep. I mean, it just – Seven out of eight oh. quarters, the, the Portland Trailblazers scored 30-plus points. Yeah, and just listening to After Dark yesterday, what Josh was saying, I mean, all those games early in the year that we had a fully held team for a long time, for about at least first 25 games, I mean, we were playing around – you know, uh, losing those one, two point games, it just, it sucks because now we don't, I mean, we're still in the fifth spot. Yeah. But there's a ton of teams right behind us. I mean, it, it don't take, but maybe a five, six game losing streak. And I mean, you're in the 11th, 12th spot. I mean, I just hope I'm glad we're got a four game homestand come up. So that, that looks good. I mean, we play good at home. So they do. Um, that's true. And they're, they're against a bunch of other teams that are sort of at at crossroads of sorts. When when the the Hawks and the Heat are, let me see here. What are what the, the Hawks and the Heat are are sort of? Oh, I don't want to s- speak out of the one side of my mouth or not. But yeah, okay. So so the Heat are twenty four and twenty right now. The Hawks are twenty one and twenty two. Like these are another set of teams that are in very similar situation to Dallas, to where the Mavericks and and you know hopefully by having some some home court advantage can you know, eke out a couple of wins because if, if they were, you know, not to, not to be like incredibly Debbie downer, but they've got to find a way to win some of these games. Otherwise they could just as quickly be in the 10th seed as they are in the fifth seed. Yeah. But these home court advantages, it's real this season for the Mavs. I mean, or really in the whole Western conference, I mean, the away team is the one that really loses for the most part. I, I don't know, but um you know, one last thing, my, my concern is, and I'm looking far ahead here, that next year we might even be worse. That's correct. Because if we lose on paper, if we lose yeah. Christian Wood, then we could be like I I just it's it's scary to think that how bad we could we could be much worse than what we are now. Um I, God, I just hope it doesn't get to that point. Well, and I don't think it will. I mean, even even darkest timeline Kirk is not there at that point. It's because they'll have all their draft picks, but I'm like I'm I'm kind of confused on what they can do from there. I guess you, you can well, I still you know I think they do something before the trade deadline. Uh, I I don't Hope know so. what, and I don't know if it'll be a big deal. But if if for example, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, if that's something where they are actually interested in Tim Hardaway Jr., then you know that that's going to open things up a little earlier for the Mavericks. They are trying to remember they're not in luxury tax they are over the salary cap i think i've got that right no i'm i'm wrong about something but it's like they're they're in just a bit of a goofy position right now because again the the wood stuff is so very interesting where they they sort of i just i don't know what they do i i i just don't know what they do um i think that i think everyone has sort of balanced out where they were during the seven game win streak. As far as your take on wood, where my take is that I think he is a net positive, yeah. but like his agent messaging everybody under the sun saying that he's the best player Luca has ever played with is an, in, is an incorrect take is what I will say. Oh, yeah. What's going to suck is after the trade deadline, if he's not extended, then we're going to have to worry about this until look if, July, if, you know, not, I'm worried more about the process than I am the player because if, if Christian Wood is what makes or breaks this team being bad versus good, then they just have so many more problems. So. Yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, just sure. have to take a game at a time. Just, just home home stand or just win some games, and then they got to figure out this road thing. Yep. So I don't know. Get some guys back healthy, and hopefully we'll they'll ride the ship. All right, man. Talk soon. Mm-hmm. Let's see here, Tyler. What's up, buddy? Kirk, what's up, man? Just uh, you know, just enjoying the the five game road trip, which has made me feel a thousand years old. Yeah, I remember when it was. Uh, we were like, yeah, well, if they go, you know, two and three on the road trip, would be. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, those were the glory days. Well, I mean, they they had an opportunity. I, it's it's the margins in these losses versus the margins in these wins is is starting to make me a little bit uncomfortable here. Um, the Mavericks are flirting with a negative point differential on the season now. They're at a plus point four point differential, despite being three games above five hundred. So. What what that'll tell you, your point differential, it's like the Pythagorean win expectation stuff where, you know, you're probably, they're playing a bit over their heads on the season relative to their point differential. But the West is not, like, the West is kind of a mess in this regard where, let's see here. Yeah, the Mavericks are the, the they have the lowest positive point differential, but then, like, the Clippers, Golden State Warriors, and and timberwolves are still in the negative and and you know it's like only the spurs are like masterfully tanking so it's i don't know there's still an opportunity for them to to, they're not in a tailspin or anything they're just kind of in like a a malaise at the moment yeah they are and you know that kind of point differential it's kind of like the uh the football i guess you're familiar with like dvoa which like basically is like how good you are you know taking out a bunch of variables with and like the Vikings had a negative like point differential this year, and we're the three seed, and we saw that today how that worked out. So yeah, it's just interesting to see that uh, that that's the case. And to that point, that's why I just put in a little wager on the Mavs to uh, be a play-in team plus three twenty. Sure, that's a good bet. I mean, I mean, it's such I mean, a toss-up. Like what? Anybody with this many games like to go feels positive about any team. Outside of perhaps, I would say the Pelicans. I mean, the Grizzlies have the biggest win win differential, but I just I, I can't shake their their. I can't shake how much I feel like the Grizzlies are not it. Denver's Denver's my team out of the West. I think so too. Denver is so good with Jokic, and you got to think that Murray and you know eventually maybe Porter will be healthy and be able to contribute at a high level in the playoffs. Finally, he's a weirdo though. It's just Jokic. That's yeah. all it is for me. Jokic, yeah, pretty much. Jokic or bust. Well, and you know, the other thing, and I was just looking at the standings after the game, the Mavs are closer to 12th in the standings than they are to third. <laughs> but that's more of an instance of the standings than it is real. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's right. It's more of an indictment of everybody around you rather than you. Like there's still only three games back from the third seed versus the versus what you're talking about where it's like the Lakers are the four games ahead of the Lakers who are 13th and two and a half out back of the suddenly hot thunder. I mean, they're good. I, I don't feel bad. About losing. Is so good. I don't feel bad about losing to them now. I feel like they're really good until, you know, Presti will pull something out in the second half of the season where Shea's out with, you know, sure. mysterious back spasms to go get Wimby. And then they're, then we're really screwed with the Thunder, but that's a, that's a whole different story. Well, man, thanks for coming up. You got anything else? No, hopefully next time we talk, it's a little bit more positive. I know. I'd like a win. I'd like a win. All right. Yeah, we'll talk too. soon.
See you later. Okay, we got Krishna. Then we we might be done for the night because it doesn't seem like anybody's got much to say. What's going on, my guy? Kirk, how are you? Tired. This uh, this road trip is not for me. It's not for West but that's Coast. Okay. Yeah, West Coast. It's it's brutal. I mean, you talked about it. It, it makes no sense to me if. You know, maybe they didn't know Christian Wood was going to come back for this game, but it seems like they kind of did. And then it makes no sense why you wouldn't sit Luca for the first game then. I, that's just puzzling, but it's nothing new, I guess, from this team. Well, does Josh, Josh Bo thinks that, that they the, – the organizational belief is that they're better than they are. I don't know why yeah, they have to – like, they're, I, like, they're not one game with Luca. Why the hell would they think they could go beat Dame? Without it, it's kind, of, it's kind of why I think they need to like get humbled, and I, I I want the Thunder to be better than the Mavericks. And that's that sounds like harsh, but unless like they get slapped in the face like that, it's not going to happen. And I don't know if it will. Well, I think they're good. I think they're too good to be like a lottery team. But I think in terms of team building, as we sort of touched on it tonight, them getting a a young asset that can play or that they could trade is more important than whatever they were to piddle around and do this year. But I just, I understand why no one, why, why that's probably not a popular opinion. No, I, I've been on that train with you. You know, when we were talking even before the seven game win streak, my opinion was never full tank just because I don't, right. you know, like one, it's not really possible because, you know, organizations tank players don't and, and Lucas too good for that but you do need to do a reset on just who your players are uh you just need to get younger you know I, you know, I look at something like the Warriors the Warriors are kind of similar in the sense I feel like the Warriors look at themselves and maybe think they're better than they are and maybe you take advantage of that you say hey like you want Reggie you want Tim like give us Jonathan Kaminga yeah like it, things like that or you know, you go to a team and you get an expiring and you get a young player along with it. Like you, But my issue is I just know that this team is not going to do that because they, like you said, they think they're better than they are. And it's just a frustrating organi- historically organizational thing, right? Like there's nothing that's going to change that until unless ownership changes. And I think that's, it's depressing to think about, but it's kind of just the reality. Well, you know, they pulled a rabbit out of their their hat at the last trade deadline, and I think I'm trying to remember the feelings of this team when that happened because the the vast majority of people were not happy that we traded Wood. That I, there was 900 people in this room, not Wood, that we traded um, Porzingis. Most people were like, "What are we doing?" And then that worked out just fine. So it's it's as as critical as I get in the macro. Some of the micro stuff, I still have to sort of throw my hands up and say, "I don't." I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Like the, the rotation minutes, they make absolutely zero sense to me. Like I, this is kind of not really relevant, but you know, you cut Tyler Dorsey and then you put AJ Lawson on a two way, but then you don't play AJ. Who is better than Pinson. Yeah. But you played Theo Penson. Like, okay. You don't play AJ Lawson two games. Like, okay, fine. Like maybe you want to get him adjusted to it, but you know, I'm not sitting here saying AJ Lawson would be the difference, like you're going to win games, but like, isn't the point of putting AJ Lawson on a two-way instead of Tyler Dorsey that you felt like he could at least be okay during injury times instead of Theo Penson? Like, 
that's what's so puzzling and confusing. And, you know, I think it was yesterday, yesterday tweeted, like some of these injuries kind of have to fall on kid, like his rotations and some of the minutes he's playing these guys just have not made any sense. Like, I think probably the only injury that's really just kind of a, a fluke injury is the Josh Green one. But it, it's still like these guys are not. Which we don't even know what happened to him. Like, we still don't know. It's like he has an elbow injury. What does that mean? Well, from from what I've heard, and it's like, is that he was tangled up with uh, Grayson Allen, mm. and Allen kind of pulled his arm, and he said he like felt something, but he played the rest of the game, and then after the game, he, they got yep. it scanned. So, at, you know, at this point, he's missed twenty games, Kirk. That's a lot of games. That's almost half the season. Like yeah. it's no, and it's, it's like, worrying. I, he's I, grown so much in our minds where everyone's like, oh, Josh Green gets back." When John, <laughs> I, I mean, okay, this is so funny. I was on so like on Twitter, they recommend like videos and stuff like on your trending, and one of the first videos was a, a Josh Green compilation of this past like just this like first twenty games of the season, and it was like I miss Josh Green. I'm like, bro, we are we're, we're actually so down. Like, this is how bad the team is. It it's not anything against Josh Green. I'm a supporter of Josh Green. I think he's a good player, but it it clearly shows how talent deprivated this team is that a guy like Josh Green being gone for 20 games is, is such a serious issue. Well, I mean, I, I, I talked a little bit about this with Josh last night. And I, when you think about how many rotation guys, so if Maxi uh, Green and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith have each missed a lot of games, it is not a small number of games when you go look. It's, it's been at least 12 for each one of them. Uh, up to 20 for Josh, who I think is is at the longest. And Maxi, because, you know, I I just – I don't want to believe anything about Maxi. It's like, oh, he might be back in March. I'm like, his hamstring operated on. What are we talking about? But in that regard, the fact that they played how they played, even though they've, they've gotten kind of on a lucky schedule streak, is pretty impressive. I just – I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. I just sort of see this being a slog. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. No, I, I I agree. I don't disagree with you on that point. I mean, like, I think Josh tweeted about it yesterday, but the 13 and 13 stretch now looks even worse yep. because these injuries are brutal and you don't have an excuse because you're a healthy th- team. You could have played this style of basketball when you were a healthy, healthy team then. And yep. now with injuries, it just makes it worse. And it's kind of tough to see where this team goes. And it, it's also kind of one of the things where I, I don't want to fully blame the players because you know how much, you know, players aren't the ones creating the roster. They don't create the rotation. Right. That's and exactly right. It's why it makes me mad when Jason Kidd says stupid stuff. Like we need to find guys minutes. Like, like, what are you talking about? I People think are- he, so Theo going in first makes me mad. I think the number of minutes that, and the situations they're trying to put Hardy in, are advantageous to Hardy's development. I I think that's true now. It was not true at the beginning. Of but the that, that's why you got to roll it. Like you have to see what people do in chunks. He's not going to come out and play ten minutes a game every game. If you divide the season up into quarters and you see that his minutes are rising every ten to fifteen or twenty games, which has been the case, I think that's something to root for. Because if the Mavericks were to get like the sixth seed or fourth seed, they're going to need him to do something. That will mean that he has been of value. Now, you're going to say, oh, he could have been playing the whole time. It's just uh, Hardy's raw. No, I, like Hardy has a lot I, of stuff he's got to improve on. 
I no, I agree with you. I'm not I'm like I'm very high on Hardy. Like I think he does have potential, but I'm also not Yeah. So uh, I don't want to say I'm so like cuz this talent like we talked about this team is so talent deprived that when we get Hardy who's like even worthy of being a top 15 pick, like we're all just like drooling because we've never had anyone like this arguably. And you know, the history suggests that Hardy is going to struggle this entire season. Like mm-hmm. He had a good game tonight, but like he also went three of ten from three. Yeah, uh, but that, that's I wrote about this because I've seen we've seen him shoot. I've seen him shoot to feel good enough about his shot. You know, it, if one more of those threes drop, does it change how you feel about his game? No, no, no. And, of and what we think of statistics, for me, it does. It no. goes from being and eh, to being wow. <laughs> that's true i mean like you make two more threes you're like wow right three. it's like it's like yeah it's kind of and like, that's like a playing the percentages thing which isn't fair to him yeah. because overall i but, think we all agree you you included like he had a good game yeah and i that's not what i did it cut off your internet oh, or did you mute yourself sorry it, uh, it muted me for some reason um i think one of the things you talked about was like is he going to continue to be turnover prone? And it's good. Like he didn't have any turnovers tonight, which that's a positive. And my, my feeling was this is kind of a year where he just has to actually adjust to playing in the NBA. Like he has to adjust to playing at a level that's higher than he just played in. And that's, I think reasonable. And, and it kind of sucks that he's in a position where the team is so talent deprived. And now it's also injury riddled where he's going to have to essentially learn in a pressured situation and maybe he can do it. Maybe he can. I I don't know. We'll see. But like you say, it's tough to see where this team goes. It's kind of why I've been like, I know we talked about trading Tim to the Cavs and I've kind of been like, you can trade him, but like is Karis Levert the kind of player you need? Like a 30 year old. (laughs) He's really not. He changes the makeup of the team a great deal. Yeah. Like I, makes sense to me honestly i know isaac okoro is not like a positive player but like just why don't you just take a flyer on isaac okoro at that point like if you're gonna trade for karis lavert like yeah why not like because at least isaac okoro is a plus defender like he's not a good shooter at all his offense is basically non-existent but you know at that point i would rather have isaac okoro on a rookie deal smaller scale and who has something rather than karis lavert who's injury prone and you know, 30 plus at this point. And that's kind of my feeling is, you know, I'd rather go for guys who are like, like we've talked about how the Mavericks have gone for like, I'd call reclamation projects or, you know, yeah, uh, net negative assets and, you know, guys like Burton, but what makes it more frustrating for me is that it's not, it, I'm okay with doing that, but it's also like you have, to, I wish they were younger. Right. I look at yep. guys like a Rui Hachimura or a, or a Denny Avdia or like a Moses Moody or a, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, they have problems. Like I'm not going to sit here and say they're the perfect player. Like they're just going to come into the team and fix anything, but uh, they're reclamation players that I feel would make more sense just because they're younger and you you need to make this timeline younger. You know, this is not like, you're not the warriors. You're not a two timeline team. Like you need to just, you just need to make this a younger team overall. Who knows if they'll do it, man. Well, thank you for. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, everyone has a good night and we'll see if it gets better. I think I'm, you know, I'm glad like the Hawks. Beating the the Hawks Hawks is, is, is something that pleases me.
the the Hawks like that is too much talent to be that bad. That well, is too much because Trey be Young bad. is actually the problem. Did you? There was a shot he took in the Pacers uh, yeah. game the other night. Oh my God! He took that three point from half with the two guys charging him with like eight seconds so left on the shot clock. I've never seen anything like that. And then and then Murray. I didn't hate Murray's shot, but then the fact that it had, like it took three players to get a shot, game winning shot, like yeah. that is that is bad. Like I, I I remember like all the talk, like oh Trey Young, like this is a win win. Like how is this a win win? Nope. As nope. soon that, as you, that that talk's all gone quiet. It's lovely. As soon as you traded Cam Reddish, like that was basically just saying that you know your team is bad and. The Hawks are kind of worse because they treated Kevin Herter and now Kevin Herter is like, was he was like a he was like a key to what they did, and because he's a great three point shooter and a great movement player, yep. um, and I, I think from what I heard, it was kind of just a cap situation yep. because they're going to have well, like to pay Dejounte. The the like the the owner's son, who's like a twenty seven year old version like guy like us, is like running the team. Like thank. I, every now and again, I'm grateful to have like the it's, like the devil I know doing stuff as opposed to the <laughs> devil I don't. You know, it's like it's so weird because like even some of the cheap stake owners, like okay, like the Nuggets, Sam Kroenke, like generally is a very like no, he just doesn't he, care. He, like he doesn't he doesn't care, care because because he he's owns so three rich. teams. He yeah. owns three teams. He owns the Rams. He owns Arsenal in the Premier League, and he owns the Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets and, are like a cute little I don't give a shit about them kind of thing. I mean, exactly. He didn't pay Sam Ujiri, and he was just like oh, Masai Ujiri, and he was like, "Okay, just go to Toronto." I guess. Well, he I know. Like, no, same with Tim team. Conley. It's, yeah, it, okay, there was both I, I money. Tim I know Conley, that for though. a fact. Tim Conley might have just made the worst trade in NBA history. Ooh, so. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not so bad, but it's so puzzling. Like you have literally the best player and on your team. Also, your TV rights are an absolute mess. Um, not that the Mavericks are here, but it's it's so funny to how many. It's not like. NBA owners are that different, but I, I always forget to mention this. Um, the One of the Dodgers co-owners and now a co-owner of Chelsea, you know, he kind of, when he was buying Chelsea, this football club in, in England, he was mentioning how his goal is to have the smartest players he can or smartest people he can running the team. So he has to do absolutely nothing. And I feel like far too many times with Mark is, I think the prime example of this, but far too many times, like, you're so egotistical and you're so like, you want to prove that for some reason, like you're rich. And so like, you need to prove that you're, it's, it's, you're like, you need to validate yourself for being rich. So you try to do these things when the reality is, if you want to validate yourself, like hire people that are smarter than you and better than you and do the right thing. Like I think about, you know, I think Toronto and Boston are like the prime examples of that. Like, yeah, maybe those owners think some some of the same things as Cuban, but you never hear about those owners, you know, undermining like Masai Ujiri or undermining the the Boston like hierarchy. And I think I personally think unless that changes, which I don't think it ever will under this ownership, this team is kind of going to always be in the same place, and it's it's always going to fail upwards, right? And I guess that's okay, but it's kind of frustrating that we have to rely on that instead of you know, making decisions for ourselves. Sure. Well, thank but you once look, again for hanging out, friend. Yeah, hopefully I didn't keep anyone too long, and hopefully everyone has a good night and gets some good rest. All right, talk soon. Yep. Ooh, man. Good podcasting. Not even going to edit out my own yawn. That's how lethargic I'm feeling tonight. All right, friendos.
We'll be back here on Wednesday when they play. So they play 6.30 Wednesday, 6.30 Friday, which is beautiful. Then they play an early game Sunday night, early game Tuesday. So it's after the kind of glut of, of Mavs games we've seen since the start of December 1st. We get a couple days off. It's going to be nice. Everybody take advantage. Watch some non-sports. Maybe, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan and enjoy or maybe agonize over that. Uh, to watch The Last of Us on HBO. That was uh, quite the premiere. That was something. Um, all right. Thanks for hanging out with us. I always appreciate you guys. We'll talk soon. Everyone be good.